the federal NDP leader Jugmeet Singh, and the Emergencies Act. The NDP supported the Liberals in voting for it, but there was concern it was going to be a non-confidence vote. Would it have been different if it hadn't been? What does he want to hear from Justin Trudeau and Krista Freeland in the next two days? That's all coming up with Jugmeet Singh. Plus, we talk about home heating, prices, health care, and many other issues as well. It's great to have you back on. We haven't visited in a while. I hope all is going well, and we got a lot to get into, so I appreciate you coming on for our audience. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I know I want to start with uh, the kids' pain meds. I know you've been really outspoken on this, and I know you've heard from constituents about this who say, how could this happen? How did this get here? We're importing kids' pain medication from Australia. So yeah. w- what what have you been able to glean from Health Canada or where we fell down and, and you know, how we can just never let it happen again, Jugmeet? Yeah, this is this is clearly a, a serious failure that got us to this point. I think that's something that needs to be acknowledged, that this isn't normal and this shouldn't have happened. Uh, so far, uh, one of the things that we've identified as a, as a fundamental problem is that we need to be able to produce medication domestically. The, the medication that we need on a daily basis or a regular basis to keep our, our population, people, families safe and kids safe, should be produced in Canada so that we have a, we have a secured supply. Um, so that's one of the problems, the major problems we've identified, that when we rely on supply chains to, to get us everything, from masks to medication, and supply chains break down, then we are susceptible, and that is something we've got to change. Yeah, I, I know people have said, wow, we've got this perfect storm here. Our parents can't find the medication. Um, RSV is not is not going to be, uh, it, it's actually diminishing right now from some data I've looked at, some infectious diseases folks have told me. But at the same time, um, you're a parent. You, parents just want to feel they're doing everything they can. So where do they go? If they, they can't see their doctor and they don't have the pain meds themselves, the emergency room. And it just, it creates, again, this perfect storm of all these healthcare issues that were, I know you're certainly facing out in british columbia we're facing it here in ontario too absolutely yeah it was in, and we live in both right because mm-hmm. we're here in ottawa regularly so we see what's going on in ottawa and and in bc it's it's the same thing in fact it's the same thing across the country we were at a we were at a, a children's hospital in in ottawa a week ago and spoke to some families there just about how tough it is the, the long wait times waiting 12 hours having to leave and come back again so yeah it's really scary for parents and the other thing that it really emphasizes is how much we need to really take care of our healthcare system, that, that it's really in a, in a crisis point. And, but there are solutions, and the solutions are really stepping up at the federal level with some changes that can make things better right away, some immigration changes that could actually free up some internationally trained workers, uh, healthcare workers that want to participate but aren't able to because of an immigration barrier, or making sure we recognize some of the international training and then really investing in our healthcare in a meaningful way at the federal level, which hasn't happened for decades. How disappointed were you the federal health minister and um, the provincial health ministers just can't get on the same page? I know they met at this point. They agreed to disagree. And I'm thinking to myself, and I think many others are, they should be still meeting. This is too important right now. When are you going to meet again? Five months from now? Eight months from now? We got a crisis in, in, in the immediacy, in the immediate uh, times right now. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And we've said this in, uh, time and time again, that the Liberal government is not taking this seriously. And it's not good enough to say, oh, we met and it didn't work out. We're walking away. There's just no, there's no walking away from our health care. And there's no, there's no scenario where that makes sense for the, for the minister to, to, have, to have showed up and then just walked away. No, that's, that's wrong. What we've been saying is leadership means you sit there, you work it out. And if things are as, as bad as they are right now, 
that requires a level of urgency in the response at the federal level and leadership to say, well, we're going to work this out. We're going to actually find the solutions. We're going to figure out what we can do in the short term, in the immediate term, and in the long term. Because I know that there's some structural changes we need to make in our healthcare system. Mm-hmm. In the long term, keeping it public, keeping it universal, but better ways for delivery, better ways for us to, to design our healthcare system to respond to modern needs. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh, our guest on Toronto Today. I know you've documented a, a, an urging for the federal government to take the GST off home heating. Everybody's talking mm-hmm. about it. How are we heating our homes this year? You know, when we've had some mild weather, we think, well, that's a relief. I don't have to blast uh, blast the gas furnace or blast the oil furnace. But those days are coming. We're not even into December yet. Your party wants to take the GST off home heating. The conservatives want to take the carbon tax off. There must be a way the two parties could combine on some measure that taxes can Canadians less over the next four months. Could there be? Well, yeah. And the thing about the GST is uh, that it's an immediate thing. We can, we can get that off right away. Uh, and it would have immediate relief for, for people over this winter. The, the, the Conservatives plan, they're, they're talking about uh, stopping something from happening that's going to happen after the winter. Uh, they're talking about an increase. We're mm. talking about right now, mm. the family is going to have struggle, struggles with heating their homes. This has been something that Jack Layton campaigned on. We've been campaigning on this idea for a long time. We as a society, we look at GST being applied to certain things and being exempt on certain things that are a necessity. Well, I can't imagine something like heating being more of a necessity in a country as cold as ours, that it is something that fundamentally everyone has to do and it should not. It should have always as a principle been exempt, but particularly right now with the increase in energy costs, got oil and gas companies making record profits, but also their products are more expensive than ever. Mm. Uh, we need to give some relief to Canadians over this winter. Jagmeet Singh is our guest on Toronto today. Um, the Liberals and the New Democrats um, made the Emergencies Act use happen with uh, with yes votes for it. I wonder what your observations will be today with Christian Freeland testifying, tomorrow with the Prime Minister testifying. What are the biggest questions you want answered by either of them? Well, fundamentally, the use of the Emergencies Act in and of itself shows that there was a failure. There was a failure of all three levels of policing, and everyone knows that, and we heard the testimony. It's pretty clear that they were in disarray. They, no one was really communicating, and everyone claims to have had a plan, but they let a month of a siege go by, border shutdowns, and nothing happened. So clearly they failed. On top of that, all levels of government failed. Uh, everyone in power from the municipal level, the mayor, to provincially, Doug Ford, and uh, Justin Trudeau, all three levels of government failed for us to get to this point. So the implementation or the use of the Emergency Act was in itself an indictment of all three levels of government and all three levels of policing. And so we want to know what can be done in the future to make sure that it doesn't actually have to be used. How can we prevent uh, the use of the Emergency Act and instead have a functioning levels of government or functioning levels of policing? That's really the fundamental question I want to get down to. Why was there a failure and how can we not uh, see that happen again. Is there any part of you nine months later that sees it as a as a moderate overreaction? Could we have waited this out and, and just empowered law enforcement at all levels from the RCMP, as you know, to the local police in Ottawa to get the to get the job done and, and arrest people doing illegal things? I think the evidence is really clear that there was a there was just a breakdown that that mm-hmm. without making this step uh, that the, the RCMP, the municipal police, the OPP, that they weren't going to get it done. It just wasn't going to happen. There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of, uh, we had plans. It could have happened. It might have happened. But for anyone that was in the, the siege, seeing what was going down in Ottawa, 
uh, that is no confidence to people that there's this uh, big idea that they might have been able to do something. It, it was not going to happen unless uh, drastic steps were taken. And there were some real serious repercussions, like Americans and some major uh, decision makers in the States were looking at Canada and saying, if you can't secure your borders, if you can't actually ensure that trade continues to flow, we need to rethink if we want to do trade with you. It was getting to that level of seriousness. So this is no joke. This was a real serious impact on our trade, on workers, and uh, our capital city of a G7 nation was under siege. I went to Germany to speak with the chancellor and to meet with uh, our sister party that's in government now in Germany. And it came up regularly in Germany. What was going on with that? Why were you under siege with a convoy? How did that, you let that happen? Mm-hmm. So internationally, people did notice that this is something that really uh, hurt Canada's reputation, that we couldn't deal with that in a, in, a, in a quick and efficient way. Last thing for you. There were clearly a few Liberal MPs, and, and a couple went on the record. Um, Toronto MP Nate Erskine-Smith said this, that he voted for it but had great reservations about it because the, the concept was it, it, it had potential to be a non-confidence vote and no one wanted to trigger another election. Do you think there are NDP MPs that would have voted against it if they didn't worry about the same thing, an election being called if, if the vote had been gone the other way? Well, I would say two parts. We all agree that it was needed. So that, I think, is kind of answers the question already. Okay. Um, but the second part is, yeah, we, we don't want to trigger an election necessarily. That is something that factors into our decision-making. Part of why we want to be reasonable and prudent in a time when people are going through a lot of struggles, adding an election, a snap election on top of that is something that we take with a lot of seriousness. So we are prepared to withdraw our support if it comes down to it, but we're not going to take that decision lightly. So any confidence vote is one where we really reflect on, do we want to plunge the country into an election at this point in time? And we take that very seriously. I know we're all watching it the next couple of days. Jeremy, thanks very much for spending some time with our audience and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and our show as well. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. Federal NDP leader Jagmeet Singh, our guest.